0: time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor while Joseph and Chris present
1: to you Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon. Boom! This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning we watched Erased, aka The Town Where Only I Am Missing. That's the Japanese name for it. Really? Which I won't try to pronounce the actual Japanese name. Wait till I get to the cast. That's going to be
0: a blast. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I want to
1: have a lot of on there. The show Erased <laughs> is from, well, this year, 2016. The original manga was written and illustrated by Kai Sanbei. The anime was written by Taku Kishimoto, and it was produced by A1 Picture Studios. It aired for one season, 12 episodes on Fuji TV and the Plus Asian Network, and was simulcast on Crunchyroll, Daisuke, Funimation, and Anime Lab for all of our viewing pleasures. Wow. Yeah.
0: It's like all over the place.
1: Uh, yeah, and it just was it just started literally this year as far as the airing of it goes. Wow. So
0: this this anime is less than 4 months old.
1: Yeah, it started in January. I think it ended in March. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. Man, so we're like fresh on this thing. So this is brand brand new. Maybe we're the first reviewers of this.
1: I think anime probably not, but I think I've <laughs> seen some reviews, but I haven't really read into them. <laughs> we're the first, we're the very first. Just just let us take this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a short synopsis, a sullen manga artist with special powers becomes immersed in a mystery he once thought was solved. When the unthinkable happens, it is up to him to change the course of history. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that, that works. I think so, yeah. That, that was
0: better than we usually get for the descriptions. This was really cool. Oh, and uh, we want to thank, real quick, We Are Sibs. Mm-hmm. There's two siblings that have a YouTube channel, and the channel is really funny. I like their videos. I was watching a bunch of them after I finished a race. They recommended this one and asked us to do it, and they gave us one of the episodes to watch, too. So we greatly appreciate it because uh, we liked it a lot. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell yeah, you we'll how, get into how that, much but... we liked it in just a minute.
0: Yes. Spell their name out on there. Okay, so it's we, W-E-A-R-E. And then sibs is s i b z We are sibs. Look for we are sibs on YouTube, and that's one word? Yes, and they are sibs
1: <laughs> it's It's not just a name, it's also a description <laughs> uh so who are some actors in this show Chris
0: uh,
1: <laughs>
0: um right now, like before I get into this, I really from the bottom of my heart, want to apologize to everyone from Japan. Because <laughs> I'm about to butcher your language horribly. <laughs> even even though I, I have been learning to speak Japanese, it, it's always going to have some white guy Midwestern twang in there, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so, wish me luck. Good luck. <sighs> okay, so the character of Satoru Fujinuma, age 29, so the first version of Satoru we see was voiced by shin Mitsushima. Then the younger Satoru, age 10, that we get a little bit later, was voiced by Tao Tsuchiya. His mother, Sachiko Fujinuma, was voiced by Minami Takayama. The character of Kaio Hinazuki was voiced by Aoi Yuki. I'm, I'm guessing on that because it's just all vowels. <laughs> For the, the first name is literally A-O-I, which I, th- I think in Japan that'd be A O E. Aoi? 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 A-O-I? I don't know. And then the character of Ari Katagiri was voiced by Chinatsu Akasaki. Hey, I got through it. Ouch, my mouth. My mouth is so tired. Congratulations. I did yoga for my mouth and
1: throat. (laughs) There you go.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you can tell from the cast that this is not English dubbed yet. No. (laughs) Totally sub. But it was cool, though, because sometimes dubbed English with anime doesn't translate very well, especially because Japan... Thinks more literally sometimes, and that doesn't translate to the way that English-speaking Americans would generally structure sentences. So it, it sometimes it gets kind of weird. I, you see that in manga too. When we get manga, there's one that I've been reading recently that has that problem. Like it's a great manga, but it's translated so strangely that some of it just doesn't really seem very coherent. But yeah, it all has to do with translation. The original property is always awesome. In a way, it was kind of good that we didn't get the dubbed for this one.
1: Yeah, It typically when I watch animes, I prefer to watch the subtitled version, which is going to be the original and the most true to what the story actually is. And right, this is no exception. I think that, I mean, like, like you said, Dragon Ball Z is way different. Like yeah. the language
0: is completely different. There's a lot of cursing in Dragon there Ball is, Z that we don't out, get. They
1: cut out a lot in the English version too. Yeah. But anyway, so here's a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of erased cereal. And really, I mean, it's so new, it was hard to find a lot on, but I think I found some decent things. So, the original manga was turned into an anime, a live-action movie, and a spin-off television series, all within a two-year period. Holy crap. Yeah, both the anime and the live action movie came out this year. The movie came out, I think, in, in March. Really? Uh-huh, in Japan. And then the live action spin-off television series is like, a it's kind of a follow-up to the manga. And that started in 2015 and is still airing currently, I believe. Wow. Holy yeah, damn. I really want to check out that movie, though. I need to find it. I
0: do, too, honestly. That sounds really cool. It, man, the story is perfect for like, it really makes for like a psychological thriller. Like, yeah, they, it would be awesome.
1: A lot of the reason I, I want to try to watch it is because it's like, from what I understand, the anime takes a little bit of a unique approach at it as well. It still honors the source material, but there's only so much you can fit into a 12 episode anime versus oh, like, yeah. a I don't remember how long it was exactly. but yeah, definitely. The original creator, Kai Sanbei, wanted minimal involvement in both the anime and the movie, stating that he trusted them to give their own interpretations of the manga, And overall, he said he's very pleased with the results. So it's good to know when the creator, original creator is happy when someone takes their own sort of vision of your vision and transcribes it into a different media.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I would definitely be interested in checking out that manga, too. If they have an English translation, I'm going to be
1: all over it. Oh, and in the movie also, real quick, the only real part he takes in it is, do you remember that red superhero who, he keeps appearing, he draws an actual like manga of that, and that makes a brief appearance in the movie itself. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's kind of his own mini cameo in there.
0: I did see too that there is a reference in the first episode, I, I think he was just like walking down a street or something, or maybe he went through a store. And there was like a poster or something for Ranma one half. Oh, nice! Like in the background that I I, just for a split second I caught it. I was like, "Oh,
1: sweet!" I don't think it was in one of the episodes that we watched for this show. But well, I'll just say already that I yesterday I started watching the three, and I was really hooked. So I watched all twelve episodes. (laughs) <laughs> back to back before I went to sleep. So I know at some point there's a mention of Dragon Warrior three, the video game that came out in like eighty eight or whatever year that was. Right, and then also Final Fantasy. Nice there's mention of that. Oh. Yeah. So there's a lot of awesome. like things mentioned. So I mean, I'm gonna ask, but obviously you're probably gonna have the same answer that I do. Do you have any memories of this show? Did you know this existed?
0: Oh yeah, I used to watch this all the time.
1: Oh yeah, when you were
0: a kid. No, no, I, I've never, <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard of this before. I I didn't know this existed and now I'm glad that I do. I mean, I watch anime, obviously, because we've done anime on here before and pretty and recently. Mm -hmm. And we will do some more. We're planning a whole month of anime later this summer. But yeah, I'm a huge anime fan. And so this was definitely something I'd be into. And that's all I really have.
1: (laughs) Yeah, with it being a brand new series, literally just wrapping up over a month ago, a little over a month ago, it's hard to have any real memories of it. I remember it being suggested to us last week. That's my memory of it. That's about it. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, overall, like you said, though, it was a pleasant surprise. Like this was definitely something it it wasn't on my radar because I knew nothing of it. And even if I had heard the name, I probably wouldn't have thought about watching it or anything. But I'm so glad we did. That's the one thing
0: that kind of sucks about being American is that we tend to get caught on to some of these animes and stuff years after it's already out. Like, how long did it take America to get things like Dragon Ball and Trigun and Cowboy Bebop, things like that? It's not so bad now because I think of things like Attack on Titan Mm. came out. And that year, I think a lot of anime lovers from here kind of started catching on to that one. But for the most part, we always we tend to catch on to those things later. So I I was pretty excited that we jumped on this one as quick as we did and that they recommended it. So because otherwise, we probably wouldn't have found out about this show for who knows how long.
1: Yeah, definitely true. So, let's jump right into the three episodes we watched for today's show. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally, a random listener chosen episode. Order varies depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we always start with the very first episode. Season 1, Episode 1, Flashing Before My Eyes. And essentially, the description I read for the series is the description of this first episode. It really lays everything out for you and where the series is going to go. And you don't see a lot of it coming. It's kind of a weird introduction. I don't know. Let's start talking about it. Sure. I love the theme song. Yeah. You know, it's almost kind of
0: deceiving because it's catchy and kind of upbeat and stuff where the show is just actually like not so upbeat.
1: (laughs) For the most part. I mean, there
0: are parts of it in retrospect that are pretty upbeat and pretty hopeful. But I mean, it's kind of a dark show as a whole so it's interesting that they went with such a happy like rock sounding kind of theme but a lot of anime does use that kind of thing though so
1: yeah there it was definitely it had some dark parts but there were bright moments but a lot of times those bright moments are just like grabbed out from under you and anytime you see somebody really happy you know something's about to go really wrong right it's like watching game of thrones like (laughs)
0: as soon as you're like oh they're safe they die
1: Yeah, the intro has a lot to do with time as well. And so you can tell going into it, there's going to be something involving time travel of some sort because you see like ticking clocks. You see time winding around. We have Satoru who is he's a struggling manga artist. He's not able to sell his work or anything. So he's working for a a local pizza place. He's 29 years old. It seems like almost in passing, he's like, oh, yeah, I also have this special power where time kind of goes back a minute or two. Yeah. And I can prevent a negative event from happening.
0: It's so interesting, though, how he just like for one, I didn't expect the show to go the route that it did. I mean, like you said, with the clock thing, I was like, obviously, time is of some importance. But the way they did it was really interesting and threw me for a loop. It's like it kind of happens out of nowhere. It's almost like he has a deja vu and he has to look for something out of the ordinary or like he'll get a bad feeling and he's got to figure out what's about to happen. Yeah. And that then was try really to prevent it.
1: Yeah. The first example of that we get is he's riding down the street on his pizza bike and then he has that little deja vu flashback and he's like, okay, I need to find something irregular. He's looking around. He sees a truck that seemingly has no driver. So he flips around and goes and he sees that the driver is falling asleep at the wheel. So he starts like knocking he on. he their- actually
0: died. Well, he does <laughs> die. He
1: dies of a heart attack, but he thinks he's asleep at the wheel at first. And so he's knocking on the door, trying to wake him up and trying to actually get in and pull him out because there's this little girl who's just standing there in the middle of the street about to get hit by this truck. So he manages to open the door and then grabs the wheel, pulls it, saves the little girl. But then he and the truck end up wrecking into I think they said they wrecked into a building or something they're about to hit this car but apparently they don't hit the car and that's another thing that's another thing about his ability is it often puts him at great risk and uh he comes out with no scars or anything but at the time he's very hurt whenever he messes with the time stream he also kind of screws his own body a little bit as a
0: result of this he was in a coma for a few days wasn't he Because I remember him waking up and um, Ari was sitting there in his his hospital room and said something like, I think that he was out for two days.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Um, it's like the amount of time that he changes or something determines how long he's actually incapacitated. Right. So, which definitely comes into play a little bit later in the episodes that we watched.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a big one.
1: The relationship between
0: Satoru and Ari is strange. Because it's like, he is 29. So he's about me and Joseph's age. Mm -hmm. She is a teenager. She's 17. Yep. She's 17. And they they work together. So it's like, you know, of course, they're going to talk and stuff like that. But he, it's almost like he tries to avoid her. He doesn't really give much of a reason. But he always seems like he's trying to. But she's always trying to kind of, it seems like she's trying to open up a little bit. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, she doesn't interact with him that much. But when she does, she's really like, you know, talks to him as if they talk all the time or something like she's just really relaxed with him.
1: She's trying to be fun and open and probably get him to open up a little bit because he's very to himself. You know, he's obviously not happy with the place he's in in his life right now. So he stays very to himself. They're kind of polar opposites on in that regard. And it's kind of weird, too, because it's kind of pushed later in the series. Well, it's
0: mentioned by his mom that episode is that she's wanting him to think of her as potential wife material. And I like, see that's weird because that'd be like me hitting on a high schooler. <laughs> and that's yeah. just strange. But I mean, she's 17. I don't know if that is considered adult age in Japan. Here it would be 18. So she's 18. It would still be really weird, but it would be legal. So I guess it's not as strange, but that's just such a big age difference. I mean, to me, it's still really weird. So I'm not really sure what they were going for as far as that goes. But like I said, you know, it's a different culture out there than it is here.
1: Well, Satoru still seems to make kind of a big deal out of it. Like throughout the series, he's kind of referencing age in that sense. Like she's way too young or this and that. So his mom Moves back in with him temporarily to take care of him after his accident.
0: And she has a creepy mouth. Her mouth looks like a fish.
1: (laughs) She's always got those like puckered lips. It's really puckered. puckered. Yeah, yeah. it creeped me out
0: for a while. I had to get used to that. (laughs) I think it's because she smokes a lot. So maybe that's like their way of emphasizing it. Because smokers usually get those wrinkles in that very specific pattern around their mouth after so long as they get older. So I don't know if that's it or they just wanted to draw her mouth all big and puckered.
1: I feel like it's more just to emphasize that she had kind of pouty lips. Could be. Yeah, I don't don't think it was any kind of like negative smoking thing or anything like that. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, it gets brought up that it's weird because this seemed like an aside to the main story at first, but this becomes the main story. It is brought up that when he was a kid, this girl that he knew and he was the last one to see her alive was kidnapped and murdered. Mm hmm. It's kind of haunted him ever since. Like, I, I feel like he's got like kind of like a PTSD sort of demeanor towards that event. So it it's affected him his entire
1: life. It seems like that's almost what caused his abilities to come about. Right. Is that event.
0: Yeah. So that kind of gets brought up. And I didn't think that that was going to be the focal point. This whole first episode just constantly threw me for a loop. Every path I thought it was going to take. It would then change and go a different route. And I was like, what the heck What is going on? But it kept me on my toes and it made it really fresh, especially because his mom and she like
1: remembers something that he said at first. Yeah, they're walking and he has like a moment and he has one of his revival moments, his little flashbacks or his little uh, deja vu moments. And he's like, hey, could you yeah keep an eye out for something like I feel like there's something off. And what she sees is like a guy holding a little girl's hand and walking her to his car. And then the guy sees her seeing him. And so he lets the little girl go. But that also puts her in a really dangerous spot. She doesn't mention it to Satoru because I don't know why at that time she doesn't. But I guess she's keeping it to herself until she can be sure of what she saw. Right. So she
0: starts going back and investigating that incident back mm-hmm. when Satoru was a kid and that girl was killed because Satoru had a friend who was older than him that was arrested for the kidnapping murder of that girl but Satoru did not think that he was the one that could have done it because the guy was too kind of a person he wouldn't have done something like that you know so no one ever looked for another killer because right. they they had somebody so now his mom's second guessing and she's kind of investigating it and stuff there's a a moment where Satoru is walking around the side of his apartment to get inside and a a guy passes him the guy in a trench coat and a hat and just kind of nods his hat a little bit doesn't show his face and keeps walking and Satoru sees that the door is open Satoru doesn't see what actually happened but the guy had walked in To his house and just straight up stabbed the crap out of his mom. Yeah. And I did not see that coming at all.
1: Especially in episode one. Like I didn't know it was going to go there. I came in really kind of blindly to this anime as a whole. So I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. I knew kind of about the revival stuff just from the brief description of it. But I had no idea it was going to go there. And yeah, what happens right after that and he finds his mom is his neighbor walks in to give uh, his mom a dish that she had given them back. Yeah, she calls the cops. He's implicated as the person who committed the murder. So he starts to run. At this point, he's wishing that he can go back, that he can have one of his revival moments. We so can stop this from happening. And he gets that. But that takes him all the way back to 18 years ago when he was 11 years old.
0: He ends up like a few days before that girl is killed. Mm-hmm. And that's where the episode ends. And I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like. And I didn't th- see that coming at all, which I feel like now I should have, but I didn't.
1: Cause it's crazy because like he's able to go back, you know, to right before an event happens typically to stop it. But apparently yeah. to stop this event from happening, he has to go 18 years in the past to prevent a chain of events from starting this one. And that's just such a cool idea. That's what had me hooked right there. It's like, yep. oh, my gosh, I got to see where this is going now.
0: Yeah, as soon as as soon as that episode ended, I'm like, I have to watch everything. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I didn't get to yet. I I watched more than what we were asked to watch, but I I, uh, am still going to watch the rest of it. And Joseph marathon the whole thing. I did. It
1: was totally (laughs) worth it. It was easy watch and it just kept me hooked the whole time. Yeah, so the second episode that we were supposed to watch was season 1 episode 4, Accomplishment, which was the highest rated episode. And this is the one with help from Sachiko, Satoru manages to invite Kaio out with him to the local science center, and during this outing, Satoru feels a sense of déjà vu, becoming worried that he's repeating the same things. There's a lot more to this description, but I'm not going to read it all. We'll leave it there and just talk about the rest. This is a really it's a
0: tense yet really sweet episode yeah because the whole time Satoru is just trying to get the girl to spend time with him because he wants to keep her safe and um he's pretty much doing everything he can and he finds out that she's being abused by her mother Mm -hmm. and that really makes him angry because he's become so protective of her and the whole time I'm waiting for the shoe to drop and him to find out that he failed. But he keeps going through. And I'm like, okay, she's not dead yet. She's not dead yet. It made me feel really tense for the episode. And then really, really satisfied later on in the episode. So
1: Yeah, it's hard to know what to talk about exactly. Well, he finds yeah. out that. Both of their birthdays are March 2nd on the same day. And so he's already invited her to his party and she agrees to come, you know, begrudgingly. Her constant line to him is, are you stupid? She's saying that to him all the time. <laughs> Every episode
0: she says, she says that. Are you yeah. stupid? Yeah, exactly. That cracks me up. He gets that a
1: lot. Yeah, she keeps saying that to him. So she's one of those people. I mean, she's very reserved. She's very inward of a person because of the abuse that she experiences from her mother. So, yes, yeah, she wants to get away, but she's also not necessarily a social person. So it's hard right. for her at first to accept that people want to be her friends. And so Satoru invites her into his group of friends which it's a great moment to see just taking it to the birthday party part where they're all together, they're all having fun. And these are things that Satoru himself didn't experience when he was an actual kid his first time around because he was saying that, yeah, he went out and bought all this stuff to make sandwiches and whatnot. But then he and his mom ended up being the only ones there. So they had to eat it all themselves. Yeah. And so it was a nice, sweet moment to see that he got to re-experience this moment of his childhood in the way that it should have happened the first time. With a lot of friends. And with Kaio there. Man, I feel so bad for Kaio.
0: Because she's getting abused by her own mom. Yeah. And as if that's not bad enough, unless Satoru accomplishes his mission, she then just gets murdered. And, you know, who knows what happens in between that. So, yeah, it's just like, I mean, and it's something that you don't think about because this is something that happens in real life a lot a lot more than people would think. And it's just really depressing and a real gut punch to think that that kids actually could go through something like this, that, you know, they they grow up getting beat by their own parents and and then their life is just ended right there. So they never actually get to experience real happiness and things like that.
1: It's something that we take for granted, for sure. And just seeing it from her perspective, it's like, there are a lot of times where she tears up because she's getting to experience real happiness or feel real love for the first time. And that's such a heartbreaking thing to see in the first place. But on this on the same token, it's very sweet seeing her getting to be part of that, but also knowing what she's going to go back to, what home has to offer. It makes it like really kind of happy and sad at the same time. A mixture of emotions.
0: Yeah. It's got to be really weird for Satoru also, because Satoru has got his 29-year-old mind in his kid's body. So he's still essentially this 29-year-old bonding and getting really close with this 11-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And all the people around them are like, you know, thinking that they're in love and stuff like that. And (laughs) he even says once, like not really thinking when she shows up for class once he says that, you know, she looks really pretty today. And all the kids start freaking out. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, are they oh, getting married?
1: And like, that's so gutsy.
0: Yeah, like freaking out. And he's like, oh crap. And, and yeah, I mean, obviously, it seems like Kaio's kind of starting to develop feelings towards him too because of how he treats her and stuff. And she's not used to that. He's walking a really, really fine line between being really protective, being a guardian, and being super creepy. Yeah. But he walks it. He doesn't, as far as I know, in the episodes I watched, he does. He never crosses the line.
1: Yeah, it's a weird thing because it's like when he touches hands with her, when they touch hands, like he still blushes, but then he's thinking to himself, he's like, you're a 29 year old man. Like, why are you blushing? Why are you feeling like this? Yeah. <laughs> and like you said earlier, a lot of things that he says or a lot of things that he's thinking, he just says out loud. And then he comments on himself saying it out loud. He's like, oh, I just said that out loud. Like that whole pretty <laughs> yeah. thing. He didn't mean to say that. But there's a lot of things throughout the whole series where he does that. A lot of the paths that are taken wind up with Kaio being murdered. And then it's just a redo of that. Really, the whole thing is like a butterfly effect. And you even see that in a physical form because you see this blue butterfly flying by pretty consistently. And so it is that. It's like trying to alter the past in order to change the future outcome. Just a lot of it keeps pointing to a lot of the paths keep leading to Kaio dying. And then it's like, well, how what can I do differently to change that? How can I prevent this from happening? I was
0: going to say that I had this like gut wrenching moment at that part where Satoru does everything he makes sure that she's still alive at the end of the night where she would have been killed and she is still alive and the next day though he gets to class and she doesn't show up and I'm like no yeah like oh like I think that's where that episode
1: uh, ends isn't it
0: yeah that's how it ends that felt like a kick right in the stomach
1: yeah and places below the stomach yeah I was so sad. Yeah, it's like no matter what he does, he just cannot stop this. So let's move on to the third episode that we watched, which was Future Season 1 Episode 11. So the second to last episode, this was actually recommended by We Are Sibs because they wanted to see what we thought of it. And here's what we thought of it. But first of all, Satoru wakes up in the year 2003, having been in a coma for 15 years. I'm not even going to read this name. Following Blank's attempt to kill him, And discover that he has lost lots of his memories, including the killer's identity. So we're going to forget we know the killer's identity also. That evil blank. Yeah. Never trust a blank. Son of a blank. (laughs) (laughs) I had trouble taking
0: notes on this show. One, just because we're reading the subtitles. But two... Because I got so into it, I couldn't look away to type a note because I had to keep watching.
1: Yeah, especially us jumping from episode 4 to episode 11. This was a huge, like, what happened? Like, what did we miss in all these episodes? Now, since you
0: um, have seen the episodes in between, maybe you can answer this for me. Because I wasn't sure how this worked out, but I think I understand now. So I was like, okay, so young Satoru basically got injured and was in this coma for 15 years. Now he wakes up. So then I was like, okay, so then do we have young Satoru's mind in older Satoru's body? But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, no, we would have the 29-year-old Satoru who had traveled back to being a child and then traveled forward again into being um, whatever age he is now. So I'm like, okay, so he carried all of the experiences, right? Right.
1: Yeah, it's still the okay. same Satoru. There's only the one Satoru in this. Right. Uh, I know time travel can get convoluted sometimes. But this is really straightforward in that it's the same Satoru that went back and was a child. And this is still the same timeline. He's just been in a coma for 15 years. Right. So it's just basically it's the
0: mind of the 29-year-old Satoru that did all of the time traveling. And he's traveled to the past and then forward a little bit to the future, but is still partly the past. For the older Satoru, but it's a changed past that he hasn't experienced before. So it's just this big, great. It's basically like (laughs) he created an alternate timeline based off of what happened when he went back to being a kid.
1: Yeah. And now he's living that alternate timeline. Like essentially, he's not going back to his previous age of 29. Like now he's stuck in this timeline. Actually, well, he goes back one more time because of a a missed opportunity, but it's still all the same Satoru's mind. So he's got all those memories still. He just got out of this coma. His mother had been taking care of him, you know, taking care of his muscles and everything to keep them from going into- um, Atrophy? Yeah. So she's been taking care of him this whole time with the doctors because of that. When he wakes up, he's still functional. He has to retrain his muscles to work. And to a degree, I know what that's like, because I was in a coma for two weeks and my muscles weren't able to work right at first either. I had to relearn to walk and everything. So I can't imagine 15 years of that.
0: Oh, yeah, that would be crazy. Like he probably recovered way more in this show than anyone would in real life. But... (laughs) Yeah, like still, I mean, I mean, we get a taste of of what it would be like.
1: That also goes back to what we were talking about in the first episode where he stopped something that happened in a two minute period and was out for two days. days. And in this, he stopped something that happened like 18 years ago. So time's like, all right, you want to mess with time? Here, You're out for 15 years.
0: Yep. So he sacrifices a lot, basically, to save people. So he's the epitome of a hero. Because he's constantly sacrificing himself. He's sacrificing parts of his own life. He's sacrificing his own body because he's constantly being injured to to save other people. So, yeah.
1: And superheroism is something that is a recurring theme throughout the series as well. We somewhat get to see it in these three episodes. But really, since I've seen the whole thing, like that's something you see a lot of. And it's it's just him wanting to be that superhero, or at least that's how he's telling it to his fellow classmates, because that's the way that children can understand what he's trying to do.
0: Right. This episode in particular starts out really awesome because it starts from the killer's point of view first. And man, it's intense and creepy uh,
1: with those hamsters.
0: Yeah. He tells a story about these hamsters that he got and how he drowned them and all.
1: Oh, God. But then there was one surviving hamster that climbed on top of the others who he drowned in order to stay alive. And he kept that one. Yeah. What did he name it? I can't remember. Spice. Spice.
0: Right. This killer has been referring to Satoru in his own mind as Spice. Mm -hmm. He is the surviving hamster in his game. Right. Because you think about it and in the original timeline, this killer was successful and was able to kill people. And in this alternate timeline, the people that Satoru was able to save basically every time this guy wanted to kill someone, he never got to do it because Satoru was always stopping him. So to him, it, it, it's kind of weird because th- it means that the guy is not actually a killer now at this point. Mm-hmm. He wants to and he's tried. He's attempted, but he's never actually been able to kill because he keeps getting stopped. So he's seen Satoru his whole life is this strange like catalyst that's been like ruining his desires. So when Satoru was injured in a coma for so long, it really affected this guy because of the important role that Satoru was playing in his life. So he kind of like obsessed over him and even to the point where he would go and sit in the in his room and stuff while he was in the coma
1: and watch him. Yeah. Yeah. And so he had every opportunity to kill him. It was almost like a Batman Joker relationship where. Exactly. He can't kill him because then he wouldn't have reason to live anymore if he did. Right. Because his
0: whole his life ended up becoming like they were just basically outwitting each other back right. then when Satoru was a kid and that became his thing that became his life. And then when he was injured, it's like his life got put on hold. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been waiting for years, anticipating Satoru finally waking up because he wants to understand and he wants to he wants to be the one to win. He wants to be the one to outsmart Satoru, but he needs Satoru alive and functioning to be able to do it. Yeah, this episode ends with this guy getting to Satoru and he's kind of wheeling him in a wheelchair and talking to him like Satoru doesn't remember really who he is. And they get up to this roof because he's like, you know, we should talk in private. We'll, we'll get you away from all the noise. You can relax and he gets up there. And then Satoru is like, I remember you.
1: And then the episode ends and I'm like, yeah. why? Why would you do this to me? Yeah, you absolutely can't watch that episode without watching the next episode. Like, if oh, yeah, I didn't even pause. I just I <laughs> immediately went to the next one. Yeah, there's no way you can't do it. Like you'd it'd be leaving such a cliffhanger that's right there to finish up in one episode. What's cool is you get to see Satoru's friends come in to visit him while he's in the hospital. The bright moment is when he sees Kayo as an adult. And she's alive and a mom. Yes, she's a mom now and she's with one of his closest friends. So yep. he's incredibly happy about that. That's actually what refreshes his memory. That's what gives yeah. him all these memories back. He had like two waterfalls running out of his eyes. Like that dude cried so fast. (laughs) I've never seen tears animated so fast in my life. There's a lot of tears in this series as a whole. But yeah, that episode especially, tons of tears. I mean, I even teared up a few times. Like it's so moving, this series. Even in the three episodes that we watched, there was so much emotion. And throughout, if you watch the whole thing, which I definitely recommend you do, I think you'll feel the same way. Oh yeah, in the the second
0: episode that we watched, that part where Satoru gets Kaio through the actual time period where she would have been killed and she's still alive. He's so happy and so excited and he's like running around and music's playing. It's like a, it's an intensely like hopeful moment. You feel so good seeing that happen. And then they kick you in the nuts. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but at least we know that he, in the end, he does manage to save her. And that feels
1: good. And we won't spoil anything else because... We've spoiled enough. <laughs> we, we spoiled enough and you have to watch it. I, I hope yeah. with what we've given, that's not too much and you'll still want to go back and watch it all. I think you definitely should. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was just three episodes. Mm -hmm.
0: So there is nine more episodes of this show that we did not cover. So as much stuff as we told you, there's a ton more to it that we haven't talked about.
1: Yeah, what we said was just condensed into those 22 minute episodes apiece. And it seems like there's a lot to really put into one. And it kind of is, but it worked out. They managed to keep the pace really well. It keeps you hooked and intrigued the whole time. So, Chris, it's about time for us to revive ourselves back to childhood to prevent a tragic, life-altering event, presumably watching Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters, and then we can see what our younger selves thought of Erased.
0: All right, get on out here, you little time traveler. Uh, I don't understand what's going on. Are they even speaking English? What is this? I'm just kidding. I'm not used to reading my cartoons, but... I think this one was worth it because it made me feel good and it made me want to help people and I think that I know who the killer is and he's creepy and he should go to jail forever and then forever again. It made me think about the people that I care about right now and that I should go out and ask all the girls that I have crushes on before someone murders us all. I give this cartoon five bowls of please don't kill me cereal out of five and now I gotta go watch the last episode. Bye. So Erased was a very atypical modern anime. It strayed away from the usual fan service heavy formula to tell a story that was just as intriguing as it was engaging. And I was hooked from episode 1. There was a perfect balance of thrills, chills, and feels, while really pushing the ideals of courage, heroism, and true friendship. I wholeheartedly give this anime 5 big bowls of Wonder Guy cereal out of 5, and I highly recommend that you watch all 12 episodes of the series. Like seriously, right now, do it! Are you stupid?
1: hey that's rude (laughs) but good job and i totally agree with me oh do you have any final thoughts about erased final thoughts i mean for an anime this is different from what i was used to watching the the standard affair for me at least with animes is action a lot of movement and a lot of crazy fan service moments and this was something that i usually don't watch it was like a mystery crime drama type thing but with time travel i really enjoy stories with a group of kids as the heroes in a way and this is kind of that that yeah Yeah. this is kind of that except with one of the kids having a 29 year old mind he's still playing the part of a kid and i liked how he was doing that successfully And how his peers were respecting him more because he seemed braver. He seemed more adult. He seemed more grown up. This was a lot of fun. This was a good. There was so much to it. What about you? Warning. I'm about to get real
0: sappy. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So since Joseph was able to relate to Satoru because Joseph had been in a coma before. So he's had that experience. I have had a similar, not the coma experience, but I've had another experience when I was a child that makes me empathize with Satoru a lot. And basically, when I was a child, I knew a young girl that something happened to. And it wasn't what happened to Kaio, but it was bad enough that, you know, it's something that should not have happened, especially to a child. And it's something that I was around and... I mean, I was a kid, so physically and mentally, you're unprepared to handle any kind of situation like that. It's 100% out of your control. It's one of those things that sticks with you and you and even as you get older, because anytime I think about it, I'm like, I wish I could have stopped it. I wish I could have done something. I wish I could have helped her. I can empathize with him having grown up thinking about that, thinking, I wish I could have helped this girl. I wish I would have known that this was going to happen. It makes you want to be able to go back. So it made me feel really good getting to see Satoru actually go back and change it. So you kind of get to live vicariously through this character and save somebody that you wish you could have. And I think anybody that experiences any kind of traumatic event or witnesses somebody else experience a traumatic event always has that feeling of I wish I could have done something. And I can tell you, just having watched it, that this made me feel really good about it. It hits multiple levels, like mentally and emotionally. It's a fantastic show. I can't recommend it any more than that. Yeah, it's
1: almost like redemption that you get, like you said, in your situation. And in a lot of people's situation, they can't get because they can't go back. Satoru gets that opportunity to go back and change things. And it's great to see his path in doing that.
0: That That's a good word for it, is redemption, because even if it's not your fault, you always feel that slight twinge of guilt because you couldn't do anything at the time. For me, it felt redeeming. It was a good feeling. for It made me feel a lot better about my own situation that I had been in as a kid. So yeah, it was really awesome. And I just can't thank We Are Sibs enough for recommending this one for us.
1: Yes, definitely. Please, if you have more or anything like this or even something different, but you'd recommend it, We Are Sibs, please do. This was awesome. This was one of the best animes I've seen in a long time. So absolutely. Thank you so much for sure.
0: Oh, and all of our listeners, go check out their YouTube channel. That's full of funny videos. They're really entertaining. Watch their video about Donald Trump because it made me laugh hysterically. (laughs) (laughs) It was really funny. Good stuff.
1: Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching... Rin and Stimpy! Yeah! <laughs> Powdered Toast Man! <laughs> well, sir, I don't like I, it. I just, yeah, I couldn't resist. No, sir, I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many good lines. Uh, oh, yeah, man, we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday!